today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. Didn't the Bible say in John 10, 10, that the thief cometh to, but for to steal, kill, and destroy? But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Read the Amplified. I've come that you might have life and enjoy life to the full until it overflows. says, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. We ought to be the happiest people on the planet. Smile real big and look at somebody and act like you're the happiest person on the planet. Amen. He gives us all things to enjoy. Amen. Everything doesn't have to be spiritual. I enjoy driving that 32 Ford. I enjoy driving that 34 Ford. I enjoy driving that 57 Chevrolet. I enjoy driving my 54 Corvette. In fact, everywhere I go, I call them soul magnets. I have a motorcycle that I was blessed with. It's called a boss horse. Anybody ever heard of a boss horse? It's built like a 57 Chevrolet on the rear and has a 350 Chevrolet V8 engine. It's a trike, a three-wheel trike. Everywhere I ride that thing, it is an attention getter. I call it a soul magnet. I mean, I've had people pull up beside me going 70 miles an hour down on the, uh, on the interstate and taking pictures and, and hoping I would stop. And when I'd stop, they'd follow me into the service station, taking pictures, and I'd win them to the Lord. I'd pray for them over something, you know. It's a, it's a soul-winning magnet, praise God. He gives us all things to enjoy. So why are we settling for less? Number one is because we don't know what belongs to us. I didn't know what belonged to me prior to 1969 until Kenneth Copeland came, preached the Word of God like I'd never heard before. I surrendered my life to the Lord, began to study the Word, and I was amazed at all the thou shalt do's because I didn't know they were in there. Thou shalt have. Thou shalt be. Amen. I had no idea it was in there. Well, once you see it, then it creates a vision. Yes. Amen. It creates a vision. And so notice here, one of the main reasons why people forfeit or do not enjoy God's best is simply because they don't know what belongs to them. Number two, they refuse to accept the truth because of their religious traditions. They refuse to accept the truth because of their religious traditions. I was invited to preach in a in a little country church in Arkansas one time. And uh, the Lord had just blessed me. This was 1976. And the Lord had just blessed me with a 1976 Corvette. Now, I've been driving Corvettes since I was 16 years old. It's not something new. My dad was a Corvette specialist. General Motors trained him to work on Corvettes. 
and the first one was built in 1953, and they sent one home with my dad, and his job was to learn how to work on it, and his job also was wreck it and rebuild it. Because back in those days, not many body men knew how to work fiberglass, and Corvettes are made with fiberglass. And so he became a Corvette specialist. And if you owned a Corvette in 53, 54, 55 in the Arklatex, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas vicinity, and if you happened to wreck it, more than likely my dad was the one who prepared it or repaired it. So they sent one home with him, and I'm, that's 53, so I'm seven years old. And when I, when I got home from school that day and saw that Corvette sitting in the back of my dad's garage, I walked in there and I drooled all over that thing. And I said, Dad, what is this? He said, it's a Corvette. I said, this is what I'm going to drive when I get big enough. And I've, I've been driving them since I was 16 years old. Now, there was a, a span of time for about 10 years after I'd gone in the ministry that, that I, I didn't drive anything like that. I didn't ride motorcycles. I just, you know, I had a station wagon. That's a humbling experience for a hot rodder. A station wagon. A Ford station wagon. I'm glad I didn't live in Shreveport anymore because I, I would have never lived down what my friends would have thought of me. He's become an old man. He's got a station wagon now. <laughs> and Carol and I and the two girls, we drove that station wagon all over the country when we first went in the ministry, okay? So for about 10 years there, you know, I'm, I'm a family man. I'm as close to normal as you can be. <laughs> and then, then God started giving it all back to me. Now I have a, uh, when, when Carol and I first married, I raced a 65 GTO. Mm -mm -mm. 389 and four speed. Three deuces. I have one today. That's immaculate. It's far better than the one I owned back in the 60s. I took Jesse riding in it and he screamed like a girl. <laughs> I said, hold on, Jesse, this thing's fast. <laughs> he giveth us all things to enjoy. Didn't the Bible say in John 10, 10, the say, that the thief cometh to, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Read the Amplified. I've come that you might have life and enjoy life to the full until it overflows. He not only came that we might have eternal life, but that we might enjoy life right here in the earth. Hallelujah. Let me see the hands of everybody who's really enjoying life. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you'd be surprised at the number of Christians who can't say that. They're just, they're just hanging in there. And I think one of their favorite prayers is, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying life. Hallelujah. And now notice number two was they refused to accept the truth because of their religious tradition. Uh, as I mentioned, I, would, I was in this little church in Arkansas. 
And the Lord had just blessed me with this 76 Corvette. So I decided I'd, I'd drive it up there. So I, I drove it up there and I went to the hotel I was staying in. And that's a stretch of the imagination, call it a hotel. <laughs> anyway, it's a place, it was a place on the side of the road where you could sleep that night, you know? <laughs> and uh, it had been there since the 40s, I think. So anyway, I, I pulled up and, and, you know, got refreshed and got ready to go to the service. So I drove up to the service in a little country church. And there was some young people out there, some young boys. And when I pulled up, they were saying, oh, man, look at the Corvette. It was a beautiful car. And I said, uh, guys, uh, can you tell me where I can find the pastor? Oh, he's, he's back probably in his office in the back. He said, are you the preacher tonight? I said, yeah. He said, wow, we've never seen a preacher with a Corvette. I said, well, um, I'm going to go find the pastor. Well, he came out before I could get up to where they said he was. And when he came out, he got mad at me. He got mad at me because I drove a Corvette up there. He said, I don't believe preachers should drive cars like that. I said, well, that's where you made your first mistake. What do you drive? Well, I have just a plain model Chevrolet. I said, did you ask God for it? He said, yes. I said, well, that was your second mistake. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Why would you ask God for the cheapest model? Right. You think you're going to break God? I'm still a hot rodder at heart. I love speed. And I'm not talking drugs. I don't know anything about that kind. If you want to know about speed, drug-wise, you have to ask Jesse. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Jesse told me he took trips all over the world and never left his living room. <laughs> but speed, I still like speed. Hallelujah. In fact, we were, we were flying to London here earlier this year and uh, we were up at 43,000 feet. We had such a good tailwind. We were doing 642 miles an hour. Man, my face was like this. I thought somebody needs to stand behind me and tie all this off while it's back. Man, I'm pulling G's, you know. It was fun. I like speed. God's into speed. You didn't know that? He has a chariot that is as fast as the lightning is from the east to the west. I'm going to ride that thing when I get to heaven. <laughs> While you're admiring your mansion, I'll be out riding that chariot. <laughs> and being an old paint and body man, if God will allow me, I'm going to paint flames on the side of it. <laughs> Amen. All things to enjoy. Say it with me. All things to enjoy. If God has no problem with us having all things to enjoy, why should we have a problem with it? And why should you have a problem with me having it? You know, a lot of it, and I'm not talking about you, but you know, people that write ugly letters, a lot of it is jealousy. Jealousy. Amen. But I stop allowing 
what people think to control my life a long time ago. So number one, they don't know what belongs to them. Number two, they refuse to accept it or accept the truth because of their religious tradition. And then another reason why a lot of Christians fail to receive God's best is simply because they, they are unwilling to stand in faith until it manifests. Unwilling to stand in faith until it manifests. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, from the message translation, it is impossible to please God apart from faith. Impossible to please God apart from faith. The Passion Translation says, he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. God is a rewarder of our faith. So if you have faith to believe for something, then who am I to stand in your way? Amen. I mean, you know, uh, Keith Moore, Jesse DePlanis, myself, Mac Hammond, we all fly Falcons. In fact, I bought us a bowl cap and I put on there, had printed on there, the Falcon Boys. <laughs> we all fly Falcons. Now, Jesse's believing for one better than what he has and the one he has is great. I'm believing for one better than the one I have. Max believing for one better than the one he has. Keith's already got his. (laughs) But I'm sure, you know, there's another level. And knowing Keith more, he'll go there. So what's the problem? If we have faith to believe for it and God says we can have it, then why should anybody have a problem with it? In fact, you know, I've, I've been with Brother Copeland all these years. When I first joined his ministry, it was he, Gloria, granddad, Brother Copeland's father, uh, one secretary, one bookkeeper, and me. That was Kenneth Copeland Evangelistic Association. And I've got to watch all these years of what their faith has produced, not only personally, but in this ministry. You know, there's, there's 500 employees out at KCM. That, that's a long ways from Kenneth, Gloria, granddad, one secretary, one bookkeeper, and Jerry. 500 employees. I like to remind them, when you lose a good man, it takes 500 to replace him. Because <laughs> I was we Savell. Every time Brother Copeland said, we going to do this, we going to do that, we did it. How's the week? Amen. So I've got to watch all this. And, and it was so wonderful because they would include Carol and I in their faith projects. The Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And, and God blessed us with their example. And, and I know the majority of you would not have that opportunity to be with them on a daily basis and, and watch. Because back in those days, when I first joined them, we didn't go anywhere for one night, three weeks, three services a day. You can learn a lot in three services a day. I'm actually the original graduate of <laughs> Kenneth Copeland Bible College. Amen. 
because every, every session was my Bible school. And of course, Carolyn's back home raising our daughters and, and I'm traveling with Brother Copeland all over the country and, and I'd come back and endeavor to teach her exactly what I learned in those meetings. And then we get to see Kenneth and Gloria act on it. They didn't just preach it, they lived it. Yeah. And we saw the results. And we thought, if it'll work for them, then it'll work for us if we do what they're doing. Amen. Amen. And we had that example and we followed it. And we, we began to experience the same kind of results that they were experiencing. Now, their ministry's always been on a higher level than our ministry. But I've been on the board all these years and, and I've got to watch everything. And one of the most impressive things, and the media don't know this, and most of the Christians that are critical don't know this, they give more than most ministries take in. They're the, they're the largest givers, the biggest givers that I have ever known in my life. And we follow that example. Amen. Because I saw, I saw the key to acquiring everything they needed was sowing. And we followed that example. And we've, we've sowed toward everything we've ever needed. And God has produced it for us just like he's produced it for them. Okay. So obviously it required that we stay in faith and not be too quick to give up. That's the reason a lot of people do not experience God's best. They're too quick to give up. Don't you never say, that's not me he's talking about. Amen. Amen. So he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Now, talking of Abraham, the Bible says, or speaking of Abraham, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter six, verse 15, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured. How many of you love patience? <laughs> like one guy prayed, Lord, I need patience and I need it now. <laughs> don't pray for patience. I said, don't pray for patience. Because the Bible says, tribulation worketh patience. Amen. Tribulation worketh patience. But notice the Bible says that Abraham patiently endured and he obtained the promise. The message translation says, Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised him. How many of you are willing to stick it out? Let your neighbor say, I'm willing to stick it out no matter how long it takes. I am here to stay. Now, if any of you are, uh, remember some of the key messages that Kenneth Hagin used to preach, and one message that I heard him preach, I don't know how many times. I could preach it word for word myself. And Brother Hagin used to say, if you're prepared to stand forever, then it won't take very long. That's right. But most Christians are not prepared to stand forever. That's right. They're prepared to stand uh, maybe till dark. <laughs> or they're prepared to stand one more day. But no, he patiently endured. Abraham stuck it out 
and got everything that had been promised to him. Look at your neighbor and say, all you need to do is stick it out. How many of you are believing for some things right now that looks impossible? Then are you willing to stick it out? Then what looks impossible will become possible. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, if any man draw back. So notice there is the potential when you're living by faith to draw back. Yes. In other words, to become weary in well-doing. Uh, another translation says, uh, the message translation says, uh, cut and run. <laughs> if any man cut and run, or in other words, he just gives up under the pressure, or he gives up because he's weary and well-doing. He gives up because it doesn't look like anything's happening. You know, I learned a long time ago that God is always working behind the scenes whether I can see it or not. You don't ever give up on God. You don't ever give up on his word. He's always working behind the scenes. Amen. I've had many times, in fact, in one of these meetings years ago, back in the early 80s, Opening night, Brother Copeland preached, Jesse and Kathy and Carolyn and I and uh, Happy and Jeannie Caldwell, we all went to the hotel, got in the elevator, and I was building a medical facility in Kenya, and I needed some more money to finish it off because I was paying cash as I was building. And so <clears throat> um, I said to the Lord, this was on Monday night, I said this to the Lord on Sunday afternoon. Lord, up to now, you have supplied every dime we have needed to pay cash for this construction of this facility. I said, we need X amount of dollars more to finish it off. And as soon as we finish it off, Oral Roberts and I are going to dedicate it because I was building it and Brother Roberts was going to supply the staff for it, doctors and nurses that had graduated from ORU. And so I just said that on Sunday afternoon, came into this meeting on Monday morning, Monday night, Brother Copeland preached. We go to the hotel, get in the elevator, and we're all talking about something that Brother Copeland said in the service. And the doors are closing. And there's two hands pressed through the opening trying to open the door. Now, I realized it was a lady's hands. I pushed the open button. The door is open. And she walked in and just said, thank you. Pushed the button to her floor. Now, she didn't have a Bible on her. She didn't have her purse with her. She was in a jogging suit. It, she didn't look like it was somebody that just came out of the meeting that we were in. It looked like maybe somebody just staying in downtown Fort Worth. Maybe went out to have dinner or something or sightsee or whatever. She didn't say when she got in the elevator, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. She just said, thank you and pushed her floor. And it was a lower floor than what we were on. And so when the door opened, she walks out, then she turns around and says, Brother Jerry, God told me this would happen here and handed me a check. And now the doors are closing almost before I can say thank you. And I have this check in my hand and inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> and I looked at it. It was exactly what I needed to finish off that project, praise God, and more. 
to finish off that project and more. God was working behind the scenes. I don't think I'd have that testimony if I'd have given up on Saturday. Abraham stuck it out and got everything God had promised him. So don't cut and run under pressure. Don't cut and run because it looks like nothing's happening. God is working behind the scenes. While you're sitting in here right now, God is working behind the scenes. You may not can see it. You may not know who he's going to use. You don't know how it's going to happen, but I can assure you, God is working behind the scenes if you refuse to give up. Give the Lord a good shout if you believe it. <clears throat> Amen. Exodus chapter 14, Moses said to the children of Israel when they reached the Red Sea, fear ye not, stand still, and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. How many of you want to see something? You're believing God for impossible looking situations. And when you're believing God for impossible looking situation, you want to see something. Why do some Christians thrive while others seem to just struggle? Is it possible for you to experience a greater level of God's goodness and favor? Today's faith building offer, Experiencing God's Best Special Package, contains Jerry Savelle's new book, God's Maximum, and his revealing four-part audio series, Why Some Aren't Experiencing God's Best. Learn how to strengthen your faith and refuse to allow Satan to rob you of God's best. In this package, Jerry reveals the prerequisite for receiving God's promises, what qualifies you for the maximum, the six reasons why people quit, and the missing ingredient in many believers' lives. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Experiencing God's Best special package. Do you value the blessing of God on your life and what it can produce for you? Begin to order your lives in accordance with God's way and put yourself in position to receive His best. Thank you once again for joining me today. I hope that you have learned something from the lesson. We're talking about why some are not experiencing God's best. God wants you to have His best. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be in good health. He wants you to experience His blessings every day of your life. He wants you to experience His favor. Are you experiencing these things? If not, then there's got to be a reason why. And let me just tell you right up front, it is certainly not God's fault. So if you're not experiencing it, then these lessons will show you what you need to do to correct that and then position yourself to experience God's best for the rest of your life. If you'd like to study this material once again, we have it on four CDs. Why Some Are Not Experiencing God's Best is the title, and that's available. And also my brand new book, God's Maximum, Going to the Highest Level Attainable. These two resources, I am sure, will cause your faith to go to another level. And you know, the Bible says that the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. You want to keep growing your faith. Never stop growing your faith. Faith is how you receive everything that God has promised. And God wants you to have his best. So let me encourage you to order these resources right now while it's fresh in your thinking. You can go to jerrysavelle.org or you can look at the information that's on your screen and place your order right now. And as soon as we receive it, 
We'll get them into mail to you just as quickly as we possibly can. I want to encourage you to join with me again next week as we continue this study on why some are not experiencing God's best. You don't want to miss it because the remaining lessons are just keep building. And I believe you're going to get the answers that you've been looking for for a long, long time. So I look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world. 